Welcome to OKHR Leads, hosted by Tara Crowley and Rob Trotter. I'm Tara Crowley, and my current role is OKHR Certification Chair. And Rob Trotter is Senior HR's President and is also on OKHR's board. We're connecting with HR leaders in our community and hearing their story and what makes them tick. Hi, Rob. What's happening today? Uh, not a whole lot today. Uh, you know, normally I come to these interviews completely unprepared because I'm just that way. And uh, I kind of looked to see who we're interviewing today. I'm very excited about this. We've had Krista on at Sooner HR Society talking about email and communication. It was super mm -hmm. impactful. So that's one thing that I definitely mm -hmm. want to get a touch on today when, when we when we talk to her. Uh, because I was just going through my email again. So there was some stuff that I, I need to relearn, basically. Oh, good. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Terrible. Oh, good. Well, let me get the introduction in because we are speaking to Ms. Krista Scanhorn. And so Krista is a workforce development consultant with Francis Tuttle Technology Center and also uses this experience to volunteer with OKHR Workforce Readiness because she is the Workforce Readiness Chair. Um, Krista has also had a smattering of other roles such as training and working at um, South Oklahoma City Chamber and UPS. But most importantly, Krista is a published author. So she discusses uh, a time in her life which led her through a very vulnerable time and seeing hope on the other end. So I'm looking forward to this conversation as well because I hope that we hear some of the nuggets about her book, some of the nuggets about email, and then how we can also connect businesses with talent in the right way. So all of that to say, welcome, Miss Krista. How are you? Krista. Thanks. I am um, well, just very honored to be asked. I got to... I got to do my email presentation for the yeah, Sooner HR, and that was that was wonderful. We had quite a few people, Robert. I thought it went really well, and I had um, people reach out later and tell me parts that they liked, so I always yeah. enjoy that. Right. Uh, um, I'm trying yeah. to think about where to start. Well, we um, want to hear about your background and then how that led to your career and your current experience, so we can start there. Okay, so um, I was, I've been thinking on this for a little while of how to say, you know, who I am and, and how I got here. And still, I feel like I haven't even achieved, you know, half of what I want to achieve in my life and how I got here. I'm, I'm a person who gets bored easily. So that's what I came up with this morning when I was getting ready. Like, how did I get to all these different places? I actually started out um, in, in my education and in my career life as a, when I started to be a grown-up, uh, I wanted to be a clinical laboratory scientist. So I just went to school and I loved science and I loved laboratory and, and everything medical. And the weird thing was, is that I loved it, but um, my personality didn't always fit with the demographic of people who worked in a medical laboratory. I drove them completely mm -hmm. nuts and crazy because I always wanted to have a potluck and party and they just wanted me to leave them alone. I mean, they still like me, but um, it, so I was always chosen to, okay, send Krista. She needs to go to leadership training and she could come back and tell us, you know, I worked for Integris for a while and I worked for DLO Diagnostic Lab of Oklahoma for 14 years. And um, every time I got bored, they just put me in a new role. Like, Krista, what else do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I want to do sales. I could do sales. Like, I could do sales. So I talked him into sales position. Then I talked him into a, because I did good in sales, I got to become a district sales manager because I was good in sales. And then I had to make a lot of mistakes along the way as you're managing people um, and beg for training. So I always knew I liked training because I could help me make me better. After that, I got a little, uh, you know, as you probably know, when you're over people and, and it's, it's harder than you think. And I was in my thirties and mm -hmm. thought I knew a lot. Um, then I begged for a job in Six Sigma, if you know what Six Sigma and Lean is. So I actually had a couple years of that and people are always surprised. The other day I had someone say, I cannot believe you did lean manufacturing. I said, yes. Um, 
I just really like to grow myself. And, and it was a couple of hard years because it's a lot to do with statistics and things that I didn't take in school. So it was uh, a little difficult for me. And then after that, I worked at UPS. I then worked at the chamber and I was tired of traveling a lot. And I just started working with the South Chamber. And that's when I started figuring out about the role of career tech in our state. I really didn't know until I worked at the chamber. And when I worked at the chamber, I started figuring out how instrumental career tech can be. It's not just automotive and um, it's, it's not welding. It's not just cosmetology. There's so much more to it and um, begged for a job at more Norman at that time. And so I worked with a lot of people in, in more and Norman and all across the state. And that's when I started training. Um, I started discovering that I love to see the light bulb come on with people and not just my, I love training myself because I, like I said, I get bored, but I also like to see the light bulb come on on people. And I started recognizing that email was a, just a, something that every single leadership group that I was training would say, I wish you had some training on email. And it just kept going on for a couple of years. And I said, okay, I, I did not want to do it. I didn't, I, I researched for almost two years trying to find something already done because I knew it would be hard. Um, and I wanted to take the easy way out and couldn't find it. So I finally just dug in and started spending a lot of time on my free time at night and weekends and developed that my, my curriculum is called Not Everything is an Email, and it's how to make a culture of communication that's not just mm -hmm. in writing. And I mm -hmm. love it to date. I've done 62 classes on it. Um, wow. My first one, my first class was October of 2018. Then I didn't have another one until February of 2019. And I almost stopped it because I got a bad review. And they, uh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, and then I said, no, I'm going to speak my truth. It, it, you know what I mean? After you just kind of think on it, it's like, huh, I had 90 really good evaluations and I'm letting this one get to me. Right. And after um, talking to other trainers and, you know, speakers and stuff about it, I thought, this is crazy. I'm not going to let one person hold me back. And since then it's, it's gone real good. And I, I love it. Um, and I, I, sometimes it can harm you though. Cause I, I was just saying to Tara that people kind of call me the email, email queen, or there's the email gal or something mm -hmm. because I've done it so much. And some people even told me they're afraid to email me. And that is not the intention of it. I just want people to know you can still call me, you know, call me, we can meet in person, we can zoom so I can have my hands free to write notes. It's, it was just really about making a better communication culture. I just saw us hiding behind words a lot. And yeah. I, still, I still love it. And I still am asked to do it a lot. I, I really like it. But I have a new I passion. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll tell you, you, go ahead. Tara, I've talked too much. You asked me a question. No, we're here to hear about you. So keep going. I um so for the last year while I'm still teaching on my email I've started realizing that you know we've been talking about for the last couple of years uh, instead of a fixed mindset we need a growth mindset we need a benefit mindset when there's also the the spectrum that talks about mindfulness we talk about good mental health we talk about those things and I I 20 something years have put all of my training is on the foundation that communication is good, that if communication is effective, then a, um, an organization is effective, a community is effective, a relationship is effective, and I've changed my mind. So I am now backing that up with research that communication can't even happen if we don't have thoughts. So I have started this new curriculum and I've just done it for the state of Oklahoma OMES uh, leadership cohort. And it's called Mindful Leadership. And it's teaching people that our thoughts are what make us effective. They make us effective, whether 
you know, we're speaking, we are um, bouncing back. So grit and resilience, we're talking mm-hmm. about change and uncertainty. We can't deal with any of those things if we don't have a good thought life, if we don't use our minds to, to, to think properly and take right. time to think. So, okay, I am hearing everything that you're saying on the, the thought process, and I, um, uh, I'm going to back up and say, I have been a runner, and so one of the things is whenever somebody's getting ready to do a marathon or something that's big and hard, they'll ask, what are the things that we need to have? And I will tell them, you need to have your own mantra. You need to have it because you hit mile 20, it is awful. And you feel awful and you want to quit, but you have to have that whatever of, of, you know, Tara can do this or, you know, whatever that is for you. But it has to be in, it, you know, has to be your words. And then I've also heard this other piece that talked about, and I don't know if this is true, maybe you can look this up, but somebody had said, instead of saying, I can, saying Tara can. And somehow there is a different um, way of hearing people. So I don't know if that's truth or not. I'm just throwing that out there. So it gives you some, something else to go look up. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that so. because there are a few um, neuro research scientists that talk about even we all have hmm, a devil and an angel on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my devil's a lot bigger than my angel, right? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the research scientists that I follow and psychologist is Dr. Daniel Amen. And he talks about when he's acting out, you know, not being mature in his own mm-hmm. leadership or, or just being a good person, he calls his, he calls his um, devil on his shoulder, I guess, as a name, calls him Hermie. And I thought that's so interesting because, um, and if you read the book, um, oh my goodness, I'll come to it in a minute. It's by Todd. It's about um, Alter Ego. If you read the book, mm. Alter Ego, I love that because it says super successful people, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Beyonce, they all have an alter ego. Because sometimes we feel like we're not enough, right? Um, I told you about, um, and I can't even believe I brought it up because only my husband and my close friends know that I almost stopped doing my email curriculum because one evaluation Mm -hmm. really got to me. After that, I started saying to myself, I'm making magic happen. I'm making magic happen. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, to know that I'm making a difference. And that one person out there is not going to stop me. But it also helps me when I read that book, Alter Ego, to, you know, you can have this other ego. That's fine. You're not psycho, psychotic if you think, you know, right. uh, Beyonce has, I forgot, she calls it like Sasha Fierce or something. It's actually, she has a name. Uh-huh. Or her alter uh-huh. ego. So when you're not enough or you're feeling like I just went out in front of a thousand people and gave my mindful leadership talk to our a national, I mean, to our um, statewide career tech conference two weeks ago, I was a little nervous. I haven't spoken in front, sure. of, many, in front of people in a long time, much less that many people. So um, you have to say, you got this, you know. Uh, right. But right. My, mindfulness, it, it does start... If you think about, okay, crucial conversations, I was just speaking with a company today that says um, that they just did some training on crucial conversations. It's something I'm certified on too. One of the first things it starts with is not just having the conversation, it's backing up and thinking about the conversation. You Mm -hmm. you shouldn't just enter into a conversation that's crucial Mm -hmm. without thinking it through. And I even go so much as to writing it down. And um, mm-hmm. so, so I'm really it's basically out. have a plan. Have a yeah, plan. You're saying have a plan. Get out. Have a plan. Get out. And then I'm sorry, Rob. I have to look at you because whenever she was talking about this, all I can think in my head is Stuart Smalley. <laughs> Good enough. But if you you got you got to start somewhere, you know. And I always tell, um, it's funny because the, the company I was talking to today about mindful leadership training, uh, it's, it's someone, she asked me, okay, how do you bring this information, honestly, to men? 
I mean, so let's, let's be oh. real. like, um, because if you go into like mindfulness and, you know, mindset, it can be a little, I always say this when I'm training it, my father would call that hippy dippy because my father is from an age group where that would be hippy dippy. Um, but it's, it's really not, I, t- I take all of it. I I'm a geeky researcher. I bring hard science scientific facts and I bring all of the studies I I bring brain scans to it that we talk about how it makes a difference in being a leader who is brings their thoughts forward yeah so make a plan make a plan and 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 think through the process yes not trying to make that short and sweet but that's this is the pieces that I want to take away make a plan and yes but I also, you know, is that hard for people? All right, Krista, I'm going to pitch on the spot. Is that hard for people who are introverts versus extroverts? Because what, an extrovert, maybe they speak before they think? <laughs> I mean, how, what does your research say on that? And, and actually, introverted people, you know, um, uh, Susan Cain, who had the, the, the book, uh, Quiet, is all about introverts and really introverts still rule the world. Like there's still more introverts than there are extroverts. We just hear them less. Right. So, and I don't know where y'all fall on it. Uh, I I'm definitely an extrovert who is learning to be a little, little more introverted, but that introverts, they, they think more before they speak. And so I'm trying mm-hmm. to be more thoughtful before I say stuff because words can mean so much, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is another thing. And mindful leadership is not just it's also what we see, what we what we allow all of our senses to what we see. If we see. If we watch um, social media all day or negative things all day long and we don't refresh ourselves, go outside, you know, breathe in fresh air get some on our skin, some vitamin D, some fresh air. Um, If we don't listen to good soothing music, you know, if we don't listen to the right speaking, even if we're constantly listening to nagging and negativity, I don't like it. I feel dirty if I leave a room if there's been gossiping and negativity and stuff. Right. So I talk about, it's not even just our thought. It's hard to have good mindful leadership. If everything that's coming into us is, is, through our eyes, through our ears, through our touch. I mean, medically, we have shown that you can help migraines and things like that with just tapping, touching, human touch. I mean, it's, there's so much geeky stuff I could go on for an hour. So I'll stop there, but it's really neat. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you some, some, some backup in that because I remember seeing something for students and they were talking about kids to help them settle down, but they were doing tapping on their forehead and face and, and so it helped them to, I guess, to kind of soothe in order if they were taking a test or something. I don't remember the the where it went to, but it, but I remember that was a technique that they were showing these kids. So anyway, total sidebar. I can I love talking about all of the mindful leadership and the books that you're listing off and all of those things and how that that operates. I want to go back to the email part for just one second. Sure. Can you tell us? Um, Something about that that's the major takeaway for if somebody hasn't been to your class, what's the major takeaway that you want people to know from the email presentation? Okay, so when people come and the people come to me, they're always they're griping about the inbox. Okay, so the dreaded inbox. But I'll tell you, as the research went on and I kept on researching that this is the takeaway we get back what we sow. So I start off, off my presentation on, guess what? It, it all depended on you and I, how we individually send our emails. We should always ask ourselves, is this the right mode of communication? Like if I'm going to say something really important, like I'm not going to ask my boss for a raise in an email because, you know, written the written text, whether you text or email, is only 7% effective. So you want to start out using the most effective mode of communication. And is you ask yourself, does this really warrant an email? Or can I walk down the hall? You know, because we're dumping on people. 
we really are. We're, we're just dumping on people because we're, I mean, we're, we're kind of lazy too. Um, so I always say, people always gripe about their inbox, but I always say, look at how you're emailing. Are you giving all the data? Are you doing it in a quick, concise way? Because the mm-hmm. research shows people are only reading like three sentences. So if you're giving a dissertation, <laughs> sorry, and, and then your call to actions at the bottom, you're, you've lost me for sure. So I always tell people, if you feel like you get too many emails, then you need to look at how you're emailing. And then I give tons of tips on, on how to do yep. it effectively. So then I feel like that ties into what you're also talking about with mindful leadership of having a plan, having the conversation in your head before you're pressing the go button, all of those things of just being aware of the surrounding and what's being communicated. Yes. Uh, I, I just helped a, a coworker yesterday. He came to me and said, Krista, I have nine people to try to get their schedules together for a meeting. Nine people. She, he said, I, I'm up to like 27 emails and we still don't have a date and a time. And so I was showing him Doodle Poll. I don't know if y'all have heard of it. I, the name gets on my nerves, but it is free and it is easy. So I use it weekly. If I have more than two people, I usually use it because it's, we're so busy mm-hmm. anymore. We're just so busy. So um, just, yes, you have to think things through yep. and make sure you send good, efficient, effective emails. And then your, your um, inbox will be a little better. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to switch gears and talk about the technology center that you just said. It's way more than somebody learning how to weld or a mechanic or something like that. Tell me how the technical centers can be connected with our community. And excuse me. And if we're an employer and we have a need, how a technical center can help us. I love it. I'm so glad you asked. There's, there's so many ways and, and really the end customer of all technical centers our, our organizations, our businesses, our commerce, it, you're the, the end result because, you, you know, our organizations need workers. We need people. We need workforce. So um, I tend to train people who are already in the workforce, but I, I've also done training for our students. Um, I'm certified in, in crucial conversations, but also getting things done. So, you know, stress-free productivity for students, and you'd be amazed. These technology students that come to our centers are amazing. A lot of people think that they're just people who don't want to go to college or maybe can't make it to college. That's not the case anymore. Um, it's it's not. They are pre-engineering and just even even the guys. I say guys. There's some females too in welding and heating and air that they're coming out making a lot more than our kids you know, that are getting out with HR degrees sometimes. I mean, let's be real. They, and they have to learn advanced math to do a lot of these things. They're mm-hmm. really, these kids have their homeschools that they're trying to, you know, get their grades at, at their homeschools. A lot of them have sports they're in. Then they work part-time at, you know, Pizza Hut, Domino's, whatever, just trying to have a little bit of money. And then they're also doing this program. So um, now how businesses and organizations. And I really do. I've had a slow time, especially coming in through COVID and stuff, but I want to be there to the one to shout it out to HR societies that we should be your partner. If you, I mean, all I hear from companies is we need people, we need people, we need people. And, and then the second part is, and we need them to be skilled. So uh, there's a very large company in Norman that okay, we would start giving them a pipeline of employees, but then they would come in and they didn't even know how to measure with a ruler. So that's when they would come to me and I was their rep in the, in the business and industry section of career tech. And we would say, what is it you want them to know? And we would develop courses. We customize courses so that we could start putting these and we started having classes at night 
for the individuals who wanted to move up in their organization or who came there and didn't even know how to measure something. So it's hard for them to get a job mm-hmm. there. So um, that kind of stuff goes on all the time. And, and people just don't know it. They, they just don't know. Um, I hate, hate it. But the thing that people say at career tech is we're the best kept secret. And I hate that so much because I'm, a, I, I just know there's so much more that we can be doing. For instance, um, one of my colleagues, she connects companies when they call in. We uh, we have a website, actually. It's called um, F, uh, Employee FT, and companies can get on there free and put in any of the jobs that they have open and um, look at students and stuff like that. They could call up any career tech because we have 29 all across the state. You could call whatever district you're in and say, you know, this is my company. I'm looking for a pre-engineering student. I'm looking. In fact, we we've had somebody doing that recently. Uh, we have someone coming Friday to look at a couple culinary students because we have a culinary program here um, for a large nonprofit here. Um, anything that if you need somebody, you should call your career tech. You should reach out and call them and say, look, who do I talk to? You know, I need someone for heating and air. I need someone for cosmetology, whatever that is. We have a lot of programs. And if that career tech doesn't have it, because they don't, not all of us have everything. Um, Like we have aviation here. We have a prosthetics. I was just talking to the prosthetic instructor. He would like me to go with him to a couple of the companies who do prosthetics so that we can start a, a, a pipeline kind of coming in mm-hmm. and getting them all certified. Right. So um, if if that career tech doesn't do it, I guarantee you they'll help you get plugged in with someone yeah. who does. So we interviewed on podcast, is it five or six, Rob, with Chase Massey? Um, if you go back and look, Chase Massey, we um, interviewed him and he talked about he's in Frederick, Oklahoma. So Southwest area of Oklahoma And he worked with his career tech in order to have like a six-week course for persons um, to learn these basic pieces for what his business does. And he goes, and it was an immediate pipeline. He goes, and of the people we hire, there's a 90% retention rate. I mean, think about that from a standpoint of a business perspective. You have this commitment from these persons. They get a job. You have them trained where they're paying to be trained. They're paying to be trained because they're going to the career tech and then you're hiring them. That's amazing. I mean, that's, that's cush, really. It's yes. like, okay, figure it out. Yep. So, I've worked with companies where they go and hire people because they needed welders and they needed like 15 welders. And so they would go mm-hmm. and hire people who had um, an aptitude, they didn't know how, but an aptitude to do it and a want, because that's big, obviously. And so then we would put them through programs. And so we do that all across the state. There's such cool programs going on. And I mean, in anything, it's it's really amazing. We have, you know, back office um, items that we do, legal fields. I mean, it, it really is amazing in every, almost every day. Medical every coding. Oh, medical coding. Um, yeah. A bunch of medical stuff. Healthcare, yeah. lots of healthcare. I feel like I, I had a question, but I feel like we've already answered it, but I wanted to ask it just because I feel like this is, we're in the vein of it and you've already answered it. I'm going to ask it. So the, this time frame that we're in right now, is being termed the great resignation. And also so many open positions. And I know that you just said connecting with the career tech, we can create, you know, potential classes, courses, whatever for that. But what else do you think can help in this area of, you know, so much change? It's huge, it's change. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I have a personal story that's very dear to my heart is that my oldest son um, stepped into a life of addiction at 15, which in turn, he is not a unique story at all. We have thousands in our prison system that um, 
have lives that have led them there because of addiction and a not in, you know, not any kind of cr- uh, violent crimes or, or mm-hmm. it's kind of, like, it's, I never understood because I mean, honestly, I've grown up with a lot of white privilege and I really didn't understand. So now I understand a lot. So what I do understand is we have so many incarcerated individuals, justice involved is the, the new term that there's so many. So my son got out. It's a hallelujah moment. He got out June 9th. He was hired by um, a local manufacturer in Oklahoma city. That is a second chance employer. Mm-hmm. They, they are, they have a big showing in Sherman. I don't know if I'm supposed to mention them right now, but I will tell you that it's changed his life that he has already got a promotion. So June 9th, he got out of prison. He started there 11 days later, June 20th. I think he's, already got a promotion. He's, um, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because he's at a sober living house and they tell, they tell the director of the sober living house that the justice involved, they, a lot of, they have to prove themselves. They want to prove themselves. They, Mm -hmm. they need the money. They need the job. They need the hope and they need something that can Mm -hmm. get them there. So, um, I think there's two areas that, they're not traditional to find employees, but we've got to do something else. I, we can't just sit back and go, there's no employees. There's no employees. You can only get so many uh, robotics, you know, to do stuff. That's, mm-hmm. You can only do so much in that area. And there, there's a lot more. I, I, I know, speaking of career tech, more Norman Technology Center has something called um, re-entry specialist program. It's completely free. It is three days long, but it is great because HR people go, um, they, they have people from the prison systems, the Department of Corrections. There's a lot of people that go from sober living homes, from Work Ready Oklahoma, so that there's all these people that you can, the connections are amazing, mm-hmm. so that we can figure out how can, and I know Sherm is a big big proponent mm-hmm. of second chance employer and mm-hmm. they have all that great stuff online. It's just, it's different. So people don't want to grasp it as fast. And sometimes maybe Oklahoma is just not as uh, maybe they just not as desperate yet, but those who are doing it and doing it, well, guess what? You're going to have bad employees, whether they were formerly incarcerated mm-hmm. or not. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. People are people. Mm-hmm. Humans are humans. And I love yeah. what Sherm even says to go, even if they have a violent offense, you've got to go and dig with that person because it's amazing when you start hearing what that violent offense is, you'd be surprised. You might not deem that a violent offense. So that there's, mm-hmm. the, there's the um, justice involved population. And then there's obviously obviously the um, veteran population. And, and I do think we're making strides with the veteran population, but mm-hmm. I would like to really see us. I, I would like to work with the military. If the military could help us say, what does this translate to, right? Once they come out, what kind of job does that translate to? Right. Because it's, right. it's, you know, Chinese and Russian speaking, trying to figure right. out the holes there for, for getting them employed. But those are the two populations. I know Heidi Hartman, you know, this year, the president of the OKHR, it's the same thing. Her heart's for both of those two, but it's an uphill battle. It's an uphill battle. I go to many things for the justice involved because I know personally the story of trying to get my son in the right places and the right jobs and stuff. You, it, but there is hope and there are people coming together. There, there yeah. is hope. I am so glad that you mentioned both of those things. And I can say from experience, my business has had interest in both areas. And so we have hired persons who have had prior incarceration. And if, if you're listening to this and your business is potentially considering it, I would say, please consider it. Because our experience has been those employees are committed and they're thankful for an opportunity. 
And yes, they may not have the same living conditions or something else that somebody else who works next to them or close by them do. That doesn't matter. If you are willing to have empathy, give them an opportunity, you're going to have rewards out of that. So yes, thank you for mentioning that part. Then the second part, Krista, we are working with the military um, too on having potential candidates. And so, but I wish that we could pour in some funds to potentially have some things that were not as, that are, um, not as antiquated in some ways, like their website that they have. So from the, from the military group that we're working with, and I'm like, Oh goodness, you know, if this was easier, then maybe it would be easier for, for companies to connect and, and do a, a search together to potentially have persons coming out of the military for jobs. So I think there's, there's work to be done on, in both areas. And thank you so much for bringing up those pieces because it is very important. And you've given people some other opportunities to think differently on potential candidates. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I do want to give a shout out um, to one of our favorite HR people, Linda Clark. She mm-hmm. has been, she's donating her coaching time to my son. Like it's, it's amazing. And there, and there's things all over there. If you really want to hire someone who's been justice involved, there's so many people to talk to. And, and um, there's so many resources out there. I mean, you can go to the Sherm national um, website and it has a, some great stuff itself, but locally there's plenty of people that will have coffee with you or lunch. And, and mm-hmm. I'm always here. You can contact me and I will put you in touch with uh, along this journey and being a research geek. I have lots, lots of research on this, just trying to help my own son. So um, sure. I would love to help anybody. As a reminder sure. to our listening audience, we did interview Linda Clark. She was four weeks ago from the time you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast now. So go back and check it. She's actually going to be yeah. it on Sunday, but <laughs> four yeah. weeks ago. Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So we've got some of these big people you're already talking about. So it's exciting. Yeah. We've already talked to Heidi Hartman. So chink, chink, chink. Excellent. Um, tell us about, do you want to tell us about your book that you wrote? I know that that's in a personal lane, but we want to hear yeah. about it if you're um, welcome to share. Well, I mean, it segues from what I was just talking about my son. So it's just a actually, um, <laughs> okay, I'm really, I'm really an honest person. I couldn't decide if I wanted to go back for my master's or if I wanted to write a book. So I uh, did a lot of research and I was like, eh. my, my husband's like, do you really want to get your master's? Cause he knows that I'm an overachiever. And that means that would take a lot of time from him. And I already <laughs> had a lot of stuff written. And so it's very vulnerable book. My, even my family said, I can't believe you put that out there because I might not have acted that way during the hard time that, so it's just, it's really my uh, journal journaling from a couple years of, of really um, hard stuff, losing a lifelong job, a a marriage, my, my son starting drugs and just being a single mom and navigating a full-time job mm-hmm. and travel. And, and it was just, um, it's called pleading with God because it was just like, there was lots of like, can I make it, you know, you know, they tell you not to make deals with God, but I was constantly trying to, God, I'll be good. God, I'll be, you know, if you could just mm-hmm. heal my son from this addiction and this path. So, um, It's kind of, and now I need to write coming out on the other side because it's, it really is just a a precious story now, you know. Do you you still, do you still journal, Krista? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I I read the sample of your book. I didn't know you wrote it until I started doing my research. It's, it is, it is vulnerable and kudos to you for putting it out there. It's a, it's well, it's well written, but I was, I was impressed with, with how you journal myself because I go back and look at my journals and they're scribbles and they're just, what, what was I thinking? What was I saying? You know, it was just from the <laughs> fifth grade or whatever and uh, well thought out thoughts at, at the time. So I, I'm anxious to kind of read the sequel and, and see how clearly things have worked out for you and uh, see, you know, see where we go from there and, uh, and how you, how you present God in that too. So great job. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and what I always tell people, I'm a very, uh, I'm an honest person. And in saying that the devil and the angel are a struggle every day, you know, and, and truthfully, that's, I mean, I really do feel like everyone has, has that. And we all have like hidden dragons that breathe fire on our emotional yeah. brains. Sometimes mine's usually the, the extrovert of, well, you know, blurting out something that I need to just hold in and stuff. But um, there is, there will be a sequel because it's, it's going to be a, it's just a, it's just celebration of, of life and that you can get past, you know, grit and resilience. I mean, it's definitely grit and resilience. Right. Yeah. Coming right. out the other right. side and stuff. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm going to make an assumption, but can I make an, an assumption that you would say that you can't skirt around those issues. You have to walk through it. It's right through the fire in order to get to the other side. Yes. I mean, I could have skirted some stuff in my life, but man, I wouldn't be so tough. You know, um, my husband and I always <laughs> laugh. Because, in fact, the, so the, the coworker the other day who said, I can't believe you're Six Sigma certified. Like you do not, you are nothing like people that I know. And I, I looked at him and I said, thanks, I think. Like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. In. And I, I've always joked that, you know, don't be fooled by the blonde hair. That's just bought out of a bottle. And I am smarter than I look. And that's, you know, people have said sometimes, wow, you know, kind of look at me like, wow, you have some thoughts in your head. So, hey, you got to surprise them sometimes with some, with some thinking. But yes, I would not change a thing. I wouldn't change all the, um, my husband has been with the Oklahoma City Fire Department almost 27 years. And, I, you know, I've had so many jobs and so many, I would not change it thing. It makes me well-rounded. It makes me colorful for sure. And, um, I learned a lot of different things, skills from that. Right. Right. So what, let's lead this into the next question, but what are you surprised about with HR and business? Okay. So, uh, so let's be honest. I worked a lot and I still do when I do training for companies, a lot of times it goes to the HR people. So how I even met, I think Rob was I met, uh, well, Heather Heron. I worked with her at um, OEC a lot. Love her. Love OEC. They're great people. Um, but so then I've always liked HR people, but I was really interested. It's been interesting since, since I've joined the OKHR state council, um, the, the narrative has been so much around like um, litigious stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I've told Linda Clark, we're good friends that I like, I've been really shocked. I guess um, that wasn't my perception. I just thought HR people were real sweet and let's do training and, you know, um, love on people. And, and then I thought, Oh man, they got, <laughs> they've got some hard jobs. You're trying to keep the company safe. You're trying to keep the people safe. And, yeah. and how you keep that separate, then I know HR people who are, depending on the size of the firm or the organization, that are also writing safety policies and manuals. And I think how in the world, it's so broad. Um, and then there's some that are more benefits, you know, the, the benefit mm -hmm. stuff. And I guess um, I, I just really... I, I wasn't expecting that, that, that there's just so broad of how could you know every know all that? It's just a lot. That's right. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. We talk about that on, you know, some of the conversations we've had with people. It's like there are so many different lanes of areas um, that you could be a specialist in, but it's also so great whenever you get the opportunity to be what, you know, turned to generalist because, Yes, you get the information about FMLA. Okay, here's benefits. Okay, well, let's do a training on DE&I. Okay, well, that opens it differently. And then, but then you also walk the line of trying to be, you know, for for people, but for the business. So we're it's we're kind of that gap, I think. You know, you're yes. the gap. You know, and then the fact of having to hold things to your chest. That's why I'm not an HR person. Um, you know, you have to be so confidential 
And that's almost, that's so hard. And I, I see the camaraderie in all of the group and it's Mm -hmm. probably because you can't always have that at the organization and where you are, you know, you could be Mm -hmm. the lone HR person, human resources and at your organization. And then that's really hard, especially for someone like me that likes to bounce things off people. That's, that's, that can be difficult and kind of lonely. Yeah. Well, that's why we have um, this resource of you have, a local chapter for, for Sherm, you have a state, you have, and the broader group, and then you just have your other people that you can connect with who understand that some of this isn't fun. No. <laughs> or, hey, there's a weird payroll issue. Hey, what, you know, let me connect with somebody else because they might have had this or have at least the resources of where to go and, and talk through it because sometimes it's not, this is what I've had um, an employee when working with me, I'm like, we're in the gray a lot of times. It's not always black. It's not always white. We're in the gray because, you know, you just, you try to find the best, the best. Yes. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it may not be, it may not just be that simple. So yeah, agreed. So what's your um, favorite tool in business, Krista? Right now, you know, I told you I get bored easily. So right now, (laughs) well, and I did talk about Doodle. It's that's a simple one to me. Doodle poll is free and it's easy. And when I showed my colleague yesterday, he was like, oh, wow, I wish I would have done that at the start. I said, you know, okay, so I bring that up in my email class because Mm -hmm. that is one way that I've seen you can have three people trying to get your all your schedules together for one meeting and it will take 18 emails. It's, it's just ridiculous. So doodle poll is one, but also in my business, I am putting together a lot of presentations. So I work for Francis Tuttle, but I also have my own LLC where I do training on the side. And so Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of presentations and I love Canva, just Mm canva.com. I think, you know, for, um, Someone who doesn't have a graphic design degree like me or any practice, I mean, you can just, you can use really cool templates and make them your own and just change the color and the font and the, and it's, it's really a neat tool. And now I even do present in, in their tool online and I really like in Canva. Yeah. So is that something that's instead of potentially PowerPoint or something like that? Well, and the good thing is that you can download a, a you could PDF of it, a, a PowerPoint mm-hmm. of it. Unfortunately, sometimes when you download the, the PowerPoint, it's going to kind of offset if you don't have that font on your computer, you know, it, the mm-hmm. formatting can be a little junky. So you don't want to just do it and then run somewhere. You want to make sure right. that you yep. fix it up. But um, now I've just like, well, it's so much easier in Canva just to run it through Canva. And, and I use, I use Mentimeter too, or menti.com for some polls. Mm-hmm. I do that in my um, email training. Cause I like to, people have some shame about their e- email inboxes. That was a really <laughs> shocker. <laughs> I mean, uh, I did one, I did a, I did a free one for the pioneer library system on my email a couple of years ago. It's in December. It's around Christmas time. So I didn't have a lot of jobs going on then. And, and I just like to help them sometimes. And my stepmom shows up. And the funny thing was, she's like, don't look at my phone, but I have 7,000 in my inbox. And I was like, I still love you. That's good. You know, like people have true shame about their inbox. So I'd like to have a poll so that they can, they don't have to raise their hand, you know, say I have 21,000 in my inbox. At 50. Yeah. 50,000. Oh, wow. You win. <laughs> You're the winner, Tara. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's that whole HR thing. You, yes. you sometimes search for stuff that you think, oh, this isn't going to be needed. But then somebody asks you and you're like, let me search. Oh, yeah, here it is. This is what we talked about. So, yeah. yes. And oh, I did. I hear I that from myself. HR people and um, people who work for the state of Oklahoma. A lot of them oh. have um, certain things they have to keep for five years, seven years, you know, open act stuff and um and legal stuff, but still, I mean, you can't tell me there's not some things you can, you know. Oh, I'm sure I can. 
unsubscribe <laughs> I'm or sure whatever. But you don't have yeah, to. I, think, I mean, yeah. It just is what it is. I, or it, is. It, it is. It is. I'm there. I'm owning it. I told yes. it. I own it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Krista, what are you trying to get good at? I'm throwing you for a loop. Yeah. Um, I'm never a loss <laughs> for words. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was a good yeah. Really thinking before talking. I, I this has um, been our theme. So good. Yes. Nice. You know, and yes, I sometimes I, I'm a quick thinker. You know, I'm a quick. I'm a thinker mm-hmm. talker, and so sometimes that can get away from you. You know, because I I I think while I talk, and sometimes mm-hmm. that's good, and sometimes it's not so good. And what I, I love my friends who are open enough to say, Krista, before you come barge in my office and, you know, blah, 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 and want um, to chat with me for, you know, 50 minutes and want me to respond back, can you please let me know what you want to talk about? Because some people want to think oh. about stuff. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. starting to try to realize, you know, um, like true colors. If you want to just go really basic people who are green, they want to, they want to think about stuff before they don't want me just barging in and saying, what's the answer to this problem. They want to be able to think about it. And I need to think about stuff and I need to slow down before I, before I speak sometimes. Yeah, no, totally get that. I have some employees who we figure that out. They need to have the be prepared in order to yes. come in and answer the questions. And, and other times you can ask them and, and it's like, boom, 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 boom. You know, you have the answer. So yeah, I get that. Well, we um, have taken up a lot of your time and I'm really excited that we've had this awesome conversation, but it is almost at an hour, Krista. We've okay. talked that long. Yeah. So, but <laughs> here's the finale. Cause you don't even know this. We sent you some questions before to discuss that we we were able to have some conversations, but we're going to throw you off um, because we have end questions at the end of our podcast. And so we want to hear what you have to say. So are you ready to answer a few unscripted questions? Sure. Okay. So in the past year, what has been a revelation to you about yourself? Either that you've done differently or or that you've just realized? That I need to, that I have an action bias. Like I'm constantly judging myself on what I accomplish. Oh. And mm-hmm. that I need rest. I need it. Mm. You know, when you come along with the brain and the mind and thoughts, you can't have those when you're constantly doing. And so... I, I, the last year COVID brought to me a revelation that number one, my husband and I turned off the news um, and I started every, every morning doing my yoga, doing my Bible study, sit there with some quiet time with coffee, of course, because it makes the world go round, mm-hmm. but I need rest. I need, I need to contemplate my day before I just and so it has made a huge difference. Um, just having some challenges through the last year, it has helped. It's helped me get through. Right, yeah. right. Oh, I I agree, and I love that you said that. I think we are a society that we've said, okay, you have to be in motion, and if you're in motion, then you're being productive, and and that's success. But that's not always success. In order to kind of step back and then reflect in some of those ideas or something new or whatever come to you. So bravo. I love that. Okay. So what mantra do you use for yourself and you like to share with others? I just every day, well, especially if I'm about to go um, into a meeting or um, training for sure. Training is I say a prayer and then I'm like, make your magic happen. Like, God gave you a gift of gab for a reason and don't let the naysayers, right? The person that's in the crowd that has the cheap seats, mm-mm. they mm-hmm. do not get to 
rain on my magic. There you go. I love that. So we're going to have to remember that, Rob. Don't let the naysayers. All right. Talking from Brene Brown's podcast, she asks, and so we're asking you, what do most people get wrong about you? They, um, kind of what I was segueing on what I was saying earlier (laughs) is they are surprised that um, I'm very I'm very geeky. I love research. I, I love it. And they just think that I'm surface. You know what I mean? I think sometimes um, mm-hmm. because I am, I am fun. I, I love it, man. I love food. I love a good cocktail. I love, you know, um, but I, I am deeper than that too. So I think it surprises some people that I, that I might actually be a little smarter than they think. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're smart enough to simplify email for us and that we've all learned new tricks. <laughs> Good. Good. Uh, what, what recent TV show have you been obsessed with? Ooh. I'm afraid to say because it's so weird. Um, but I'll just tell you. Um, we are re-watching Dexter. If you've ever seen it, it is oh. morbid and weird and um, strange, but I, I don't know. We're, we're rewatching it. And I, we even heard they're making a, another season. It's been off the air for like 10 years or something. Yeah. And they're making another season. So, um, yeah, I can't believe I even said that because it's very morbid and weird, but that's what we've been watching. Have you watched it, Rob? I have seen Dexter and don't feel weird about it at all. It was, it's a, it's a quality show. No doubt about it. It's well-written. Yes, it is. Yeah. So if it's well-written, you have, yes, you like the person who's also doing bad things, but being good. Yes. Right? Is that kind of it? That's, that's when you say it's well-written because you're like. Cathartic in some ways, yes. How can you be on yeah. the you know, right. side of a serial killer? I don't know. He's a serial killer with a, yeah. with a, with a heart. With a heart. And he's, he's got ethics. He's got his ethics. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Rob has seen it. Good. <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, what book or podcast? Um, has had a profound effect on you and that how it changed you? Well, I, oh goodness. So I talked about alter ego. That's a good Mm -hmm. one. Um, Atomic Habits was a good one recently. I, oh man, I could go on about books. The, so with my research for mindful leadership was um, cleaning up your mental mess with Dr. Caroline Leaf. She has a podcast and a book that just came out in March of this year, 2021. And really to me, one of the best podcasts is, is from a pastor, but it's not a Christian leaning is, is uh, Craig Rochelle's leadership podcast. Mm -hmm. It's great. um, Whether you are, um, you know, a Christ follower or not, it's just great. It's because I like things in smaller bits. Like most people were just are so mm-hmm. busy. Right. So he gives you some mm-hmm. good bites in a short time frame. So I like his leadership podcast a lot. Okay. So it's like that. If you have your 10 to 15 minute commute, yep. you can, you can. Yes. I think it's about learned. Eight, 15, 18 minutes and you can get some good, you know, snippets in that time not just shitty chat i mean it's really good yeah yeah your microburst yes microburst microburst we're using our big terms today (laughs) um krista this has been a joy i'm so glad that you said yes to us um so thankful that we got to hear your story we want to know how people connect can connect with you um after we air this podcast well, I, I'm a big LinkedIn user, big. Um, I'm, I'm on there every day because people will call me or they'll say, have you talked to so-and-so from this company yet? So I'd love to, to connect with people on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. Um, okay. They can also reach me at krista.scamahorn at francistuttle.edu. It's super long, but um, mm-hmm. I think we, you know, LinkedIn is a great way because we can see partner, maybe partnerships and um, message me there and say, hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, incarcerated individuals or past incarcerated individuals, justice involved, um, 
you know, getting with a career tech in my area, because I know someone at probably almost all 29 schools. So I would love to help. I would love to help HR people get in touch with at least one person, maybe a couple at their local career tech, because you'd be blown away with how they can help you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think our group will probably be connecting with your group. So I love this stuff. I love it. So thank you so much. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.